News Talk On Demand. Interruption free audio where you want it, when you want it. Good morning. It's 14 minutes after 6 o'clock, and we got a terrific, terrific Tuesday of the 11th day of January on the go. Brent Lauks with you up until 8.30 here this morning. My, 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 that's a nice, mild morning. Just a sense of relief after that crazy cold that we've been enduring really since Christmas in this part of the world. And the good news is above-normal conditions are going to continue for the foreseeable future, right on through the rest of this week, on into the weekend as well. Coming up a little bit later on this morning, after 8, we're going to check in with Susan Ewart. Susan is the executive director with the Saskatchewan Trucking Association. A lot of talk you're seeing from some in the trucking industry about uh, what's going to happen to cross-border traffic. You think about the semis and truck drivers and that entire industry that have done so much over the two years of the pandemic to make sure the supply chain um, has continued to operate, has been able to get us the food that we need, has been able to cross the borders without any issues. Well, as of this coming weekend, that's going to change as we will have a uh, vaccine mandate in place for cross-border truckers between Canada and the United States. Some in the trucking industry, some drivers that I've seen on social media are saying they think you're going to see a lot of drivers quit these jobs. Um, As to how many drivers in the trucking industry have chosen not to be vaccinated, you're seeing different numbers on that, but it's a significant number if you expect to see these truckers all of a sudden get vaccinated. They choose not to. So what's it going to mean, and what are they seeing as far as the trucking industry here in our province and this uh, looming vaccine mandate this weekend? Uh, More on that with Susan Ewart coming up just after uh, 8 o'clock here this morning. Saskatoon City Council, we'll hear some highlights from that coming up here later this morning as well. They had a, a meeting yesterday afternoon to see if the city should consider something else they could be doing as far as implementing restrictions, perhaps at uh, city buildings as it pertains to the spread of uh, the coronavirus. Apparently, they've decided not to do much of anything. Uh, We'll get some of the details on that for you coming up here through the morning. Just an amazing world we're living in, you know. Uh, Coming up on Friday, we're going to be getting an update. Uh, We're going to have astrophysicist Ethan Siegel back on the program. Ethan's just such a neat guy. And if you were listening to the program just before Christmas, he gave us the whole rundown on the James Webb Space Telescope. It launched on Christmas Day. It's about halfway to its uh, position point that it needs to get to in space It is totally unfurled, all of the panels of this incredible telescope. Uh, We're going to get an update on that project with uh, Ethan Siegel on Friday morning. But as I was saying, just the amazing technology, what we're able to do as human beings. You think about the good that we're able to do through science. You think about the vaccinations. You think about the James Webb Space Telescope. You think about the man who's alive this morning because doctors put a pig's heart in him. It's absolutely incredible, this world we live in. At 17 minutes after 6 o'clock, good morning. Smooth sound, Christine McVie. Brent Lauk's with you on this uh, Tuesday, 11th day of January. It's 23 after 6. Feeling good for January weather, man. We are in the sweet spot uh, these days after all that uh, bitter cold. I know everybody's different uh, when it comes to uh, looking at videos and pictures that are available online these days. I made a decision yesterday. I was looking at this report that came from Saskatoon City Police where they put out a, uh, 
a media release, basically, talking about a video that was posted to social media, which um, shows a little nine-year-old girl here in Saskatoon being struck by a truck. Uh, of course, uh, the youngster died in that uh, collision that occurred four months ago, September 9th, uh, over on 33rd Street. And just a horrible situation. But, you know, when I saw the link, uh, this, the link wasn't from the police, by the way. Um, I saw someone else had, had posted the video. I just thought, I'm not going to look at that. I don't want to put it in my brain. It's a, a horrible situation. And I understand the pain that that family must be going through. Uh, I think I understand the pain that they must be going through. I can't imagine what that, uh, that mom is having to deal with. The, the family's concern is they don't feel enough's been done. Uh, police basically put out a release saying they are aware of the video and they've had a number of inquiries from the community and the police simply say the investigation remains active and ongoing. Specialized investigators with the Collision Analyst Unit are currently waiting on the results of toxicology which were submitted to an RCMP laboratory. And the police go on to say that while investigators are still waiting for results from the scientific analysis, the majority of the technical investigation is nearing completion. And I'm sure the family and friends probably feel this is taking way too long. And maybe, maybe part of that is the world we live in nowadays. We watch these movies, we watch these TV shows, and we seem to think, bam, the police are able to get these results just like that. Um, I think we have to put our trust in the police and believe that uh, they're doing their due diligence and that uh, hopefully we'll have a resolution to this um, terrible situation soon rather than later. It's uh, just about 25 minutes after 6 o'clock. Oh, we're loving that sunny day weather that we've got coming our way over the next few days here and above normal temperatures. Good morning. It's Brent Lux with you. Saskatoon right now. We're sitting at minus 11 degrees. So I posted this on the Brent Lux show page on Facebook this morning. As we're all dreaming, hoping, wishing that we can get away maybe for a warm weather holiday this winter. And I know we've got our concerns. I, I think each and every one of us has to analyze your situation and have your own decision about how much risk you wish to take. Because people are traveling. I know a couple of different people. I know some folks that uh, uh, are in Mazatlan right now. Um, I know another woman from Saskatoon who recently headed off to uh, Puerto Vallarta. So everybody finds their own way. But what made me post this this morning on the Brent Clark Show page on Facebook, I'm asking the question, are you a beach person or a pool person? I had a conversation yesterday with a friend of mine, woman, and she proceeded to tell me how she just can't wait to get away to a warm weather holiday, uh, taking her family and going somewhere, and I said, oh, yeah, imagine that, eh? being on the beach in the ocean. And she goes, no, 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 no. And she says, I hate the ocean. I hate the beach. Uh, her thinking was, there's just too many parts of the human body where sand ends up. <laughs> but she was telling me a, a funny story about her and one of her kids being in the ocean in about knee-deep water, and a stingray came by, and that pretty well finished it for her. So she's one of those people, she says, I want the heat. I want a nice, relaxing location. I want a cocktail, and I want to be in a pool. I don't want to be in the ocean. So what are you? Are you a pool or an ocean person? I, you know, I, I, I won't say I dislike the ocean. I, I love looking at the ocean. I love wading in the ocean. I'm, I'm not a big ocean swimmer. Uh, yeah, so I kind of 
side with her a little bit on, on the pool side. Uh, you can post, if you like, on the Brent Clark Show page on Facebook. Or you can reach me on our text line this morning at one eight seven seven three three two talk one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Mayor Charlie Clark called this uh, emergency meeting of Saskatoon uh, City Council uh, yesterday afternoon, and basically the mayor said the reason they called this meeting is he had a lot of the public inquiring about the move made last week by the city where they raised the COVID nineteen risk level in Saskatoon to critical or red. And so council sat down with administration yesterday to say, well, should we be doing something more as far as city staffing, city facilities? Uh, Looks like they're pretty well going to maintain the status quo. City manager Jeff Jorgensen says, yes, they are at a critical status, but... We're at now a critical or red status, and that's the first time that we've reached that status in our weekly monitoring However, in consultation with the medical health officers and in looking at all the facts, the administration is not recommending any changes to public-facing services. With the onset of Omicron and all that it brings, our focus is very much on the internal actions we're taking from a staffing perspective to do everything we can to ensure business continuity. And what, what that means, business continuity, is that we're effectively hardening our approach to make sure that we can continue to provide all core services at a time when we could see high absenteeism uh, with staff like many employers are now facing. So nothing changing then as far as uh, access to city uh, facilities, city staffing, uh, emergency operations lead Pamela Golden-McLeod also spoke to council yesterday and she says they're looking at what the health experts are saying, they're looking at the modeling and that's basically what they're believing. But what the modeling indicates and what we've seen in other jurisdictions is that Omicron will peak and then drop very quickly. So we will not have the lengthy plateau like we did here during the Delta period of um, COVID. Indications are that Omicron will peak sometimes at the end of January or beginning of February and then rapidly decline as it has in other jurisdictions. Let's hope. Let's hope that really does happen. Of course, then the big question after that is, okay, well, we got Delta and then we got Omicron. And if indeed we see this uh, run up and then this uh, drop off of Omicron, what's after that? We shall see. It's 6.50, 10 before 7. Good morning. It's 6.55, 5 before 7. Brent Clark's with you on this Tuesday, a very nice 11th day of January with you up until 8.30. And then I'm over to Prairie Land today for day two of the uh, Western Canadian Crop Production Show. I know Gormley is doing his show on location with the folks from uh, Meridian. That's where he'll be set up. I'm going to be uh, checking in with the folks at Saskatoon Agra Auto Parts, Debbie Ross and her staff. Been doing this with these folks for a good number of years out at the Crop Production Show. Just remember, if you're going to the Crop Production Show, day two today, doors open at 9 at Prairie Land, goes 9 to 5. Uh, Proof of full vaccination or a uh, recent uh, negative test required. You have to show that. And masks are mandatory as you uh, check out all the many displays and the trade show that's going on for day number two of the uh, Crop Production Show over at Prairie Land Park. Hope to see a lot of folks over there. Masks on, of course. Gerald Bowman's in with your news coming up next.